Welcome back to another episode of Peology. This is a show where the people in the pews get to weigh in on a whole bunch of issues. And today we are hanging out. Just two men and a baby. Just hanging out. We'll see how this goes. This may be good and it may be interesting. So, um, how old's the little guy? Two. Bam. 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 Yeah, he's... He's two. Two and special. <laughs> you know that um, terrible twos thing, right? Did that, that happen? Is that already in it? Is that already going? Um... I always had this thing. It was like uh, instead of terrible twos, like teachable twos. Look at you being positive. Yeah. Nice teachable twos. Interesting. It's better than terrible twos. Well, I mean, it's good, I guess, if it's teachable. What are you teaching? Um, not much. <laughs> the only reason why is because uh, I only get two days a week with him. You know? Oh, really? When I had him, I had like a like a set schedule with him, right? You know, trying to like, you know, get him. Like getting him on the schedule was like the hardest thing. Yeah. And then when his mom came and took him back, he, I don't know what kind of schedule she has him on. Mm-hmm. So, does she work? I don't know, but she's uh, pregnant with triplets. Oh, my goodness. This just got weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not by me. <laughs> pregnant with triplets? Yeah. I thought that was usually, like, reserved for fertility drugs and stuff. She's just mm. naturally pregnant with triplets? Naturally pregnant oh with triplets. Gosh. My goodness. This is about to get crazy. Yeah. I mean, this is going to get crazy. How's she going to take care of a two-year-old and the triplets? And her four-year-old and and 12-year-old. Oh, my gosh. I guess she's 13 now. This story is nuts. Yeah. Where did you guys meet? So, we met when I was 15. I used to hang out with her brother. Oh, wow. And, um... I mean, we used to smoke weed together sometimes. Like, me and her brother... That's that's pretty much how I met her. How are you with your kids? I mean, pretty good, but mine are older, bro. Yeah. How old's your youngest? Uh, my youngest is four. Yeah. So that's it. when did you um, adopt him? When he was like, well, we've had him since he was basically born. You know, we had both the adopted guys since a couple days old. So fostered them for a couple of days, and then you know, since they were a couple of days old, then adoption yeah. down down the road. Yeah, but dude, triplets, two other kids, a two year old. This is like, yeah. When I when I found out, like, it just, I mean, I was full of resentment because, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what kind of life are you gonna like? For one, you don't want to like, you want to keep him from me, right? And then on top of that, you're living in a hotel no with um with a guy who you're like you're pregnant with, right? You're about to have triplets. You're in a hotel too? Oh my gosh. This yeah. is crazy. 
I mean, story, I, I the story gets better and better. Yeah. I mean, every time she uh, drops him off, like, she opens the door and it smells like they've been hotboxing in there. Oh, man. You know, so, I mean, I'm just in a, in a funk. Like, I'm not sure exactly what to do in right. that situation, you know? Right. And I'm, like, wanting to... Get in a better position so I can just present my case to court. Right. right. And then be like, hey, she's like not sustainable. Like, yeah, I can give him a better life than she can. Yeah. I mean, like in a sense of like a set schedule, like, yeah. you know, he's too like and he has like those, those are the words he talks. He doesn't yeah. say anything. Doesn't like. I mean, I'm just like Ward. Um, Avi says that he might have like a hearing disability, right. but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Has he been checked out? I told her to check him out, but mm. yeah. I might just set an appointment for like next week and just go do it myself because that's what he said. He's like, bro, if he's got Medicaid, just go do it yourself. Absolutely. Just, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Not Don't even think about it. Yeah, like uh, I've been struggling with the um my selfishness with the whole thing, like because you know that that the addict thing where we're like mm-hmm. black or white, mm-hmm. like I'm either all in or mm-hmm. not at all. Mm-hmm. I want to like raise him a certain way, and I feel like if I can't, yeah, like I don't want anything to do with it, right? You know, so I don't like have my stamp of approval, like. Right. You know, like he came out this way because, like, not because I was in this. You know, no, I get it. So, like, I'm like, then I'll, I'll just be doing the same thing my father did. You yeah. know, yeah. And then I'm, um, I was just talking to uh, my brother about that the other day. You know, when I found out that like um, Joshua died, right? Like his daughter called me, right? Yeah. I was at the gym, and. I just started thinking to myself, like, did I ever really truly love anybody? Like, even my kids, because of like my actions. I'm like, I show, like, I I want to show the outward, uh, like, the world that, like, hey, like presenting this stage character, mm. right? Yeah, that I know I can't live up to, and then I retreat from, like loving how I was talking to Ray about this too. Yeah. Like, I'm like I retreat from actually going out and loving somebody, how God loves me, yeah. you know, or like he, he told me what Ray said was like, like you're measuring yourself up to who I'm like measuring my, I, I thought about that. I'm like, I'm measuring myself up to how God loves, mm-hmm. you know, because God loves unconditionally. And like, sometimes it's not like he abandons me, but he al- he allows me to learn on my own. Yeah. So in uh in that sense, I I felt like uh I had this new journey come about. Like I need to find out how to actually love. Like I I wasn't really exposed to. I guess the right type of love. I mean, what is the right type of love? 
You know what I mean? <laughs> like overprotective, not caring at all. Like right. those are the two extremes yeah. that I have. Yeah. Like, my dad left when I was three, and then my mom was like so overprotective that like she used to like sit there in the class with me at school. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Yeah, it was just like there's no middle ground. Yeah, yeah. And I, I come to, and I I was sitting in the in my car after the, the workout, and I, when I when I had that realization, and I was like, man, I was so selfish, and I wanted to like kind of indulge in self pity, and I'm like, that's another form of selfishness, yeah, you know. I'm like, what am I supposed to cry about me being selfish? It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm. I just like prayed and I was like, God, just set along the um, the path those who you want me to help, who I can directly help and who I'm supposed to be helping and just keep me, keep me wanting to. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. You think like um, a couple things popped in my head when you were talking, I'm like, you know, one of the things that that would be said a lot in spiritual circles and in faith communities is the idea of what we would call in modern, I don't know, pseudo-biblical vernacular, um, generational curses, or the idea of, of sin problems, sin patterns that are getting transmitted one generation in the next within a family unit. Right. And so like when you were saying, God, I don't know, I've got these, I've got these examples of love. I'm not sure that the right examples, I'm questioning if I've ever really loved anybody else selflessly. Like it's not, it, it sounds like there's a place where that idea collides where like you're in the middle of looking back at the generation that's come before you and forward to the generation that's going to be after you. And you're like, where's my place? And, 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 and do, does something need to end with me or something need to start with me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Have you thought about it that way? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I got clean, you mm. know, like my grandfather, like he left my dad. Oh, wow. And then, I mean, I'm not sure exactly if it was for drugs or for whatever reason, but I know that he wasn't in his life until he was an adult already. Mm. And in kind of the same case with me, like my dad left when I was three. He left when my brother was eight and my sister was, I guess, four or five. Oh, wow. And um, it was, from what I know, directly results from drug addiction. Yeah. You know? And then he... Yo, the craziest story. Like when I went to go when I went to go live with him in Colombia, he told me, "Oh, he's like, do you know how I got here?" I'm like, "A plane?" <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, but I was on child support. They weren't letting me leave the country. Do you know how I got here?" I'm like, "No, tell me how you got here." Yeah. He's like, "I have a cousin that's on the Air Force in Miami, and when they were going shipping cargo to Colombia, he called them and told them, "Hey, there's a plane going. You can go with the cargo." He he went. He left here with the shirt on his back. That's it. Yeah. And just got off the plane in Colombia. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. He said that he was so bad. He was like he smoked the whole house because he's. Um, I'm like, what do you mean you smoked the whole house? Like 
he took off chunks of like plaster <laughs> when he ran out of crack or whatever he was smoking over there. Oh, he like they, him and his friends smoked the whole house one time. Yeah, he's really messed up. He's like he lost um, vision in one eye. Oh wow! Yeah, um, the relationship he has with this like twenty year old girl is very. How old is he? Sixty or something, and he's he's like entangled with some twenty year old. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Dude, this he's, is great. The twenty year old. Hold on. The twenty year old is in a wheelchair, and she has like <laughs> what? Ha, has messed what? up has messed up legs. Like what? She like walks around on her hands. What? <laughs> Shut up! Are you making this up? No, I'm not, I can show you. I want to see it. Well, see let me it. see if I can find. I okay, mean, but I, hold on. Okay, why are you looking for that? Okay, so your dad escaped basically to Colombia on a military plane with the shirt on. So his back. this is her, but she's in a wheelchair. All right. Okay. Thanks. Let me let me start. Well, hold on. Let me start by saying for the people listening to this. That is not an unattractive person. That is a, a pretty attractive person. Okay, yeah. so I don't know what you were envisioning when you're listening to this, but it's it's she, not, it's it's not what I had in mind. It was much more shocking what I had in mind. That's a fairly attractive person. Are you going to show me her scooting around? Because if you do that, um, I don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to maintain composure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to see if they they got one. I know he sent me a whole bunch of crazy nonsense. <laughs> He sends you. He sends you like laugh reels at her. No, no <laughs> nothing. He just he sends me crazy stuff. Like like what? Like one time I opened it up and it was this guy sitting there and out of nowhere a guy just like came up and shot him in the head. And I'm like, why are you sending me these things? Oh my gosh. He's like, he's desensitized to like murder and like and because when I was living there he'd wake up and he's like, how many did did they find dead today? Because in Colombia, like, there's um, countless kids who are being right. stolen and their organs being robbed and, like, um, oh my gosh. people just being found. Yeah. You know, like, that's just, like, the normal news over there. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Like, that was his, uh, one of his main... Okay, so hold on, like, hold on. Can we just go this slowly? Okay. So, he's 60. He starts a relationship with a 20-something in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And it's a romantic relationship? I believe. I mean... What do you mean you believe? I believe she believes it's a romantic relationship. I know him well enough from the time I've, like, talked... I mean, I've talked to him from the time I was 17 up until, like... I mean, I still talk to him every now and then. Okay. But when I was living with him, I got a full scope of, like, his brokenness. Okay. And... How does he... How does he, um... How does he feed himself? How does he care for himself? How does he does he so, make money? Does he work? Does it what is his life like? He's so most of my art skills came from him. Okay. Right? So he's an artist. He's an artist. And then now he's a con artist. Okay, Han. So he moved from <laughs> being an artist, like a painter, a sculptor. <laughs> moved from being an artist to, to a con, con artist. Yeah. Now is that makes, a difficult move? So he makes videos, right? Okay. And um puts like different avenues of like how he could like get your lover to come back he's like a love doctor love guru also like a voodoo doctor witchcraft a whole bunch he just he just lie he has like scripts upon scripts in different languages and in a whole bunch of i mean 
different ways. So he he tapes videos of himself basically giving not classes. videos of himself, but he uh, he makes videos off of like different like reels. Okay, that he finds. Okay, makes those into videos and like commer- it's like a commercial based okay. type video, and then gets people to try to send him money. Yeah, he, well, he doesn't. He gets people to send him money. Like that's and, how he lives. And the people send him money so that they can learn how to get their girlfriends that are yeah, like, left them back. It's like if you broke up with your girl and you're like so desperate enough to want it, or your girl, or your your and like, people or pay, your man, and people pay for this. People pay for that. Like yeah, he even has like different scales. Like if you want him back in like five days, this amount. You want him three days, this amount. So it's like the faster you want him back, the more, the more expensive. The it more is? expensive it is. Shut the front door. <laughs> are you kidding me? I so wish. when you were over there, he has like a house, like he lives in a place. Yeah, he lives and in a feeds place. Feeds himself with this. Yes, that's how he. That's what he did. That's what he does. Yeah, like he has a house. Everything. Do they have like a social security system? Does he get like a check or something? No, he just hustles. He hustles. He's a hustler. He's a hustler. How how long can that go on? I don't know. It just feels like that that has an end to it at some point. Like the hustling runs well, out. Well, when you're living in the jungle. You, there's no way to actually track where you live, and you when you also have people sending money to people that you know, not actually you. Like if you, he has a whole bunch of he has like almost like the whole village in like different avenues of like. All right, you send money to this girl, you send money to this guy. He pays people just to receive money. Wow. Yeah. You think it's that much? What do you think he makes a year? When I was there, he was making like two to uh, two to five hundred dollars a day. Shut the front door! Are you kidding me? He makes five hundred dollars a day. Well, he was when that's more than the average person here. Yeah, he's making five hundred dollars. So it's not unusual for him to make five hundred dollars in a day. But think about this: like he'd he'd get like a good month. And then yeah. he'd have like two or three months without anything. Okay, in. like a slow month. Yeah, he had like a slow. But month. it's not unusual for him to get get big five hundred dollars. It's not unusual. I've seen him. Where like, where does he put these commercials out of the internet or something? On YouTube. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna need to see one of those <laughs> at some point. Holy cow, man! This is the wildest story. So how long were you there? For seven months. And you, like you were like living in some place, you're like eating there. meals, yeah. eating meals. He, he supplied everything, even the money for cocaine and women. Wow, wow! Is that an open relationship with the girl in the wheelchair? Look, I don't get. I, I don't know when. Like, <laughs> did you talk to her? I talked to her briefly. Why? Why? Why briefly? Why didn't you talk to her more? It just because that's none of my business, you know. It's like I also didn't want to be a part of it, you know. Like uh. when my little brother told me what was going on, and then like when I reached out and I st- talked to him, and like I saw everything that was going on, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to be acquainted with him anymore. Oh wow! So like when you left, you, it wasn't on good terms. It was kind of no. Like, oh. it, it wasn't even that. It's just like we left on good terms. It was oh, okay. Just like I'm talking about recently. Uh, like recently you. when I found out he's been like he's doing, um, he's in that relationship with her, and then he's. Yeah. I mean, 
He's always got a new invention and a, and a new uh, invention, like a new business. Like mm-hmm. he has a new business every six months. Wow. Yeah. I mean, his whole life is based off of like conning people and like using people. And wow, yeah. it's almost sad. It's really sad, and that's why when. <clears throat> When I saw that, I was like, I want to be nothing like him. Like, right. he taught me everything to do not as a father. Yeah. You know? That's why, like, when I struggle today with, I'm like, with, with my own selfishness, and I'm like, yeah. man, I don't want to be like him. He's almost motivated you, but it's negative motivation. It's like motivation of what not to do. Yeah. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, and then like I don't I also don't want to be on the extreme example like on my mother's side like mm. where she wants to I mean that's why she has her own groups she's yeah. always trying to meddle in my life and yeah. control certain situations and um I've had to put like a hard boundary with her yeah just because what of, about you what about your other siblings do they feel the same way about mom and dad well they never like established. A deeper connection with my father like I did. Mm, you were the only one? Yeah. Wow. You were the only one that went down there? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And so then, you were, like, off on a mission. It was like you were like, out there exploring. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like, the uh, that saying that people say, oh, I'm trying to find myself. Yeah. And, like, I believe it's not really you're trying to find yourself. I believe... You're just wanting to indulge in your selfishness. Okay. Right? Because that's what I really did. Really? When I, when I found out... Why did you go? What, what motivated you to go? Well, like I uh, I explained earlier, like, it was drugs, you know? Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's what... So you got yourself into enough trouble here that you were like, maybe there's a better option. Yeah, that's... And you'd reached out, and he was like, come on down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can clean over here. Uh, okay, so it was like a come, come, like yeah, retreat. Because I didn't, retreat. Want, yeah, I, I didn't want to go to rehab. Uh, like I still like to this day. Like when I relapsed, uh, like almost four years ago. Right. Actually, four years ago, when I relapsed and I came back, I was like, I'm still not going to go to rehab. I don't believe mm. that works mm. because it's just what a vacation is the time away from well, reality. And you still believe that? Yeah. You still think that way? That it's. I mean, it doesn't really for work. me, yeah, for me, it don't work. Yeah, not only that, but it, like it gives people mixed messages. It, look, if you're not a true addict and you're chemically dependent for a time, right. I believe that rehabilitation can work. Right, but if you're a true drug addict or a true alcoholic, the only way out is working is, the program. It's is becoming God. a disciple. It has to be. God. Yeah, yeah, like, I got you. Whether whether it be the twelve steps or it be uh, some other faith based um, spiritual way, yeah, all of it starts with yeah, spiritual way. It all starts with God. Yeah, you know, yeah. and how you we talk about uh, spirituality. Spirituality yeah. is basically our selfishness. Yeah, we indulge in selfishness. Yeah. So, and the only thing that pr- the program does is it gives us an avenue for us to be selfless, right? Because we're so selfish. Yeah. Um, I still find myself with resentments with people who find, who don't truly do, like, the whole process, who just go to meetings. Yeah. And I'm, like, thinking that that's the program. Yeah. Like, that's not, I'm, like, it's great. You can get better. Yeah. You know, if that's, but 
for the for the true drug addict or the true alcoholic who needs a spiritual awakening and who like if you convince them that going to meetings is going to save them yeah you're setting them up for, up failure. for failure yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely let's say like in my world that's the equivalent of saying if i go to church i'll somehow be saved yeah yeah it's like mm, probably not yeah yeah like uh going uh, a lot of people in uh an addiction or going to recovery, they have a problem with God, right? That's right. And then there's people who don't go to church who aren't addicts, mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, they feel like the church is full of hypocrites or, or whatnot. And yeah. um, I always just agree with them. Huh? I always just agree. Agree? Yeah, right from the beginning. I'm like, yeah, we're full of hypocrites. Yeah, well, we are. Yeah, like, <laughs> give us time. We will let you down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, and next next yeah. question. I was going to ask you that today. Um, that's really what I wanted to talk to you about was step three. Yeah. Um, step three in the big book basically states um, that you arrive at a place where you turn your will and your life over to God. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that probably we have similar definitions of what that what that means, what that looks like, what that actually is, right? But what do you do when you're like sponsoring somebody? You got somebody new coming in, they're agnostic at best, and then you're telling them to turn their will and their life over. Like, how do you explain it to them? So the easiest way I've learned is letting them know, like, is God, God is just good orderly direction. Okay. Good. Okay, hold on. Let's good see. orderly direction. God is good orderly direction. Okay. God is good orderly direction. If like you don't want to believe in a like a sky daddy, that's what I tell them. I'm like sky daddy. If you don't want, like you don't have to believe in the Christian God or yeah. Buddhist God or okay. Muslim God. I'm like, let's just start with good orderly direction. Can you believe that I took these directions? Okay. And because I followed them direction, those directions down to the T. Okay. You know. Yeah. I've had a some form of spiritual awakening. And then right. now whenever I think well, when shit hits the fan, mm-hmm. excuse my language, yeah. um, I don't go to drug use. Okay. I go to how can I help somebody? Is that, so is that like a diffusing thing for you? Like where you go, Hey man, get it out of your head that this is just like a denominational thing or just a Catholic yeah. thing or just a Protestant I, thing. Because this, is, this is bigger than that. Yeah, because they, they, they hear the Lord's Prayer at the end of the meeting. Okay, and then they, so they think of it they, as like churchy. Yeah, and then there, there are there, there's always one or two people who talk about Jesus. And a lot of times the meetings are being held in churches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. On top of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, you. and then like, they're, they're, I mean, there's the people who, who preach Jesus and Jesus in... In the groups. There's more, like, more yeah. religious people in the group sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So and you I, got all these things against you, like, so yeah. somebody could misinterpret. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like, I believe um, remaining open-minded with uh, with my faith yeah. has allowed me to reach more people. Yeah. You know, and also is the unity that we have in recovery. Right. You know? Like I don't speak for AA as a whole. Right. But the fact is, is that like we've all come to realize that these steps have aligned us with a power greater than us. Okay. I got you. You know, I got you. I think like, um, have you ever seen somebody come in that was pretty, 
I don't know if anti-God or anti-faith is the right term, but pretty cold towards faith and then become a real like committed follower of Christ in the, in the process too. Have you seen that? Yeah. I, I haven't seen that. No, I've seen people who have been a very committed, like Mm -hmm. follower of the, um, the program and like my sponsor. Okay. Like when he, when I talk about, when he says he was a militant atheist, okay. right? To to go from somebody who used to, he'd tell me, he's like, yo, if you talked about God, he'd immediately discredit you. Like, and make fun of you. Yeah, yeah. and make fun of you. And yeah. then to go from that to being the guy who I'd pray with. Yeah. Right? Who like showed me the way to God. Right. right. It's like. It's a big change. It's power. Yeah. You know? Yeah. By the way, like his his wedding was like great. Yeah. Yeah, it was um That's cool. Last yeah, weekend, right? Yeah. Well yeah. it was actually um this weekend. It was oh, yeah. Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Well was it wait, yeah, this Saturday, yeah. like two two days ago. I yeah. kinda threw out my back because <laughs> You were dancing throughout your back? Yeah, well the thing was is um they were kind of like being a little like hesitant on the dance floor, right? Okay. The, the sober people were all obviously always more lively. Yeah. But I, I grabbed all the guys and I was like, Let you let's circle around him like yeah. You know, throw him up, and then I ended up picking him up, and then like r- jumping around with him. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, just just Bro, you ain't no spring chicken no more. You know, just for advice, you shouldn't be throwing like a hundred eighty pound man on your shoulders. No, just running. No, <laughs> no, it's not good. It's not good. Things happen. Yeah, Sadaka. Yeah, I, I was in church yesterday. Oh, was it yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I picked up Ray's baby, and I was like, ow. Oh, my back (laughs) right i was like man this baby threw out my back and i started thinking i'm like no that 180 pound man (laughs) threw out your back right there yeah yeah well what about like i mean i guess some of some of like maybe like jessica and others have probably become pretty committed followers of christ that's intertwined with with uh recovery i didn't i don't think she was um i can't believe she was an actual like militant atheist or no no, no i'm not saying just atheist. or just agnostic. i'm just saying anybody coming in that's just kind of cold that didn't really have much faith at all um, becoming a a follower of christ and well yeah that's i mean i've seen that a lot yeah you know yeah just um followers of christ like, the, the thing that i think your your point at is like sometimes when somebody comes in and they're like a they're like anti-God, like an atheist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that that I'm move, thinking, just to yeah. being open to God, is such a huge move that we don't know where that'll take them in the end. You know what I'm saying? How far they'll go because th- their story isn't completely written. But that move sometimes is such a huge move that... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of people being um, like militant. I've heard of them. I just never yeah. met them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know how you would explain it to somebody that was new. Like when you say, turn your will over. Yeah. So it's just basically, uh, we had to, that's why the first two uh, steps exist. Right. right? Because it all, like it's, it all works together. It's all in threes, right? Sure. Steps work in threes. Yeah. So one, two, and three. That's why, like within 30 minutes, I can get into three. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, powerlessness. Yeah. Do you understand how you're powerless? Oh, because I, I kept using it. And I'm like, no, look, let's look at the scientific version of powerlessness. <laughs> right. All right. It talks about, in the doctor's opinion, that we're, um, we have an allergy. Yeah. The manifestation, like it, 
comes up as like the phenomenon of craving. Right. So like basically if I'm a, I'm allergic to ants and if I get bit by so many ants, I swell up abnormally. That's the abnormal reaction to to me getting bit by ants. Right. Also with crack. Yeah. Like or cocaine or weed or yeah. cigarettes, alcohol. Yeah. And um if I take something like that, my body physically reacts to it. Yeah. All right. Obviously if you're allergic to peanuts, yeah. Don't eat peanuts. You know? Right. So then but my mind will bring time and time and Again, we'd be like, you know what? Instead of eating peanuts, let me eat almonds this time. Right. You know, or peanut butter. Yeah. You know? Oh, I haven't ate peanuts in six months or a year. Let me try it. In my case, it was a year and eight months. Right. You know? Yeah. And then that's obviously somebody who can't manage their life because if you're going to, if you're allergic to this thing and that can kill you. And you're still doing it. And you're doing it so, like, so the separation between, so I can't manage my life sober. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm like, all right, so let's look at that. Yeah. You're com- in this aspect of your life, you're insane. When they, when they come to believe that they're insane, yeah. I'm like, all right, so all you can all you got to do is believe that this this will work for you. Yeah. The sanity is just basically maybe I shouldn't eat peanuts today. Yeah. Don't dance around the fire cuz I might get burnt. Yeah. You know? It's buy in to a I I love it because I love where the big book starts because the big book starts with this invitation to humility. You know, like you always say, Hey, my problem isn't addiction, it's selfishness. It's addiction is this manifestation manifestation of my selfishness. And the first step in the big book is humility, right? Yeah. It's like, Hey, there's something beyond you. You know what I'm saying? Like something outside of you, you know? That's and, also why I started thinking about like, that I ever truly love anybody in right. all my relationships because I'm like, I'm only doing this because I like, I'm only being selfless yeah, because of my selfishness. Yeah. You know, I'm only reaching out and doing these acts of kindness because I under the silver lining, I'm like an evil, selfish human right. being. But the great thing about what I've learned in the, my fifth step. Right. Okay. So once I got into the inventory and learning yeah. about my selfishness and my, like, For all those listening, then four, five, and six becomes all your inventory work. Yeah, well, yeah, it's um, technically it's four is all of it. Yeah, like people don't understand that. Like four, most of those steps happen in four. Okay, all right, because okay. you realize your your character defects. Yeah. You realize where you fall short, right. of the glory and everything. Five is just like admitting. Yeah, that, right. Putting it into words, and, and then uh, when I when I had that with my my sponsor, he was like, "Well, look at it like this. That's just who you are without God. Yeah, that's who you are naturally. You are set at default, a selfish, self centered, inconsiderate son of a bitch. Yeah, a hole. You yeah. know. And I'm like, all right. So let's just see who you can be with God. Right. All right. And then when the uh, six talks about becoming willing to have God remove all these defects of character and then having God remove those things is I don't know what to remove. I'm not going to, that's why there's no working on my character defects. Yeah. Right. I'm just saying, Hey God, I've admitted these things are objectionable. Yeah. And I ask you remove the things that stand in the way of my usefulness. Yeah. So like there's certain defects that I still have. Sure. And I don't know if it's going to be useful or not, but somehow God knows, you know, yeah. he, he knows everything, right? Yeah. So he removed the things that stand in the way. Yeah. 
That's how I did with cigarettes. Like, yeah. so I didn't do one, two, and three. I did, I, I did it as a six and seven step. Yeah. Okay. Like, all right, I enjoy my cigarettes in the morning after I eat. You know, before yeah. I go to bed or anytime I have a break at work. But if you see that it stands in the way of my usefulness, make that apparent to me. Yeah. You know, and I, I start to get visions of me like not being able to be there for my kids when they're older. Okay. Me not being able to live long enough in order for me to help as many people as I want right. to help. And then one day, like it was about six months after me praying that whenever I would remember, okay. I'd pray that prayer. I just woke up one day and I heard God say like in my own voice. Yeah. It was like, you're not going to smoke today. Yeah. And it's like coming up on three years. You know, that day it stopped. It just no patch, nothing. It just Boom. woke up, gone, gone. Wow. Yeah, I mean, cigarettes is like one of the hardest. Yeah, things to they stop. said it's one of the hardest addictions. To stop. Yeah, dude, that's wild. I think that I just love the intertwining because when um, in the theological world we would describe the same thing you just said. We would describe that towards we like especially from the tradition that I come from, which is reformed tradition, we would call that the de- depravity of man, right? We would say that like the Bible says that man is um, dead in his trespasses, right? We're not like dying, yeah. we're dead. We cannot dead people don't do things. They don't do anything, right? They're dead, right? So you can't you can't live because you're dead, and the only way is to is for God, the giver of life, to step in and bring life where there's death, right? Yeah. And so it's the exact same concept, right? It's like, hey, if you could work your way out of this yourself, you wouldn't be here. Exactly. <laughs> you know That's exactly. You're dead in this process. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and God's going to have to step in and remove some things and, and open up some doorways and enlighten you and spark in you. And there's going to have to be new life. And yeah. yeah, there's like no, there's no amen. Right. So like you start the third step prayer, right? Right. There's no amen after it. Yeah. And then you do the fourth step, you do the fifth yeah. and there's some, there's a lot of other prayers in yeah. between. And then once we get to six and seven, that's, there's only two paragraphs in the book. So six, there's one paragraph, and seven is the other paragraph. Yeah. And it's because there's no working. Yeah. Like, all it is is prayer. Yeah. Like, all right, if you're, not, if you're not willing, ask God for the willingness. Yes. Pray for the willingness. I have to pray to be willing to be willing to be willing. Yeah. Like, there's layers of willingness. Yeah. Right? So then once you've already come to that willingness and that, all right, I'm ready, and then you're just like, all right, God, I offer myself all to you, the good and the bad. Yeah. I now ask that you remove every single defect of character that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go from here to do your bidding. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's where the amen comes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I think that's those prayers pretty are like, powerful illustration. Those prayers are like internalized. Like I tell people this, these pages, like you got to internalize those things. Yeah. Like the program is like, it's not, a program that you work, you live, you reprogram because we're programmed either way. Yeah. Default setting, selfish, self-centered. Yeah. So we had to be programmed in order for us to have this alignment, this spiritual awakening, this yeah. uh, psychic change, however you want to call it. Yeah. And um, I was reading the literature on this too. For those that are listening that think we're talking in a language that's disconnected from reality or in just a spiritual language, 
the literature on this and those that do a lot of work in recovery um, science, you know what I'm saying? Guys that are studying this, guys that are working this, they will attribute it to like they 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 will call it similar to like what you just said. Like they will call what we typically refer to as a spiritual awakening or a psychic. Uh, Psychic change. change or a world deep worldview change. They'll use different language sometimes, but it's all the same thing. And you look at the literature; it is the thing that brings about um, relief and real change in the life of uh, someone that's in a pattern of addiction. It's, I mean, like you, you can look this up for yourselves. I'll, I'll, I'll try to put notes in the podcast later so you guys can look up some of this stuff. But it's pretty wild, like you know, really. Uh, Enough science has been kind of cumulated around this issue now that that's the language that even the, you know, the eggheads use. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What's wild. an egghead? Like the scientists, the smart oh, guys. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. It went over my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, man. That's pretty cool. I'm thinking, um, I don't know. We'll talk later on some of that other stuff. But I just think that, I think that what we typically do is in real life, People that aren't in that people that don't think of themselves that think of themselves different than a person that's in a pattern of addiction that doesn't yet see that um, sin all sin is addictive that all sin is destructive that all sin corrupts our soul and separates us from God and without God there's never there's no rescue right um, what we typically do is we identify somebody else's sinning and then say things like this I can't believe they did that. Or how could they? Or this is so awful. Or this is evil. Are there bad people in the world and good people in the world? We say all these things. But really what is happening in that moment is we're trying to pacify ourselves to believe that we don't have the problem that we see so blatantly in somebody else's behavior in the moment. But the truth is we do. Mm -hmm. Right? I say this to people all the time. I'm like, take whatever sin it is that you're highlighting in somebody else and saying is so awful and boil it down to its base sin. So if it's your boss that didn't follow through, if it's your girlfriend that cheated, if it's your, you know, your, 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 your father that was abusive, whatever it is, take whatever that, that the situation is and boil it down to the base sin and then ask yourself, if you've done that, the answer will be us. So if it's like, Hey, I can't believe this person cheated. It's like, have you ever been unfaithful? About anything? Oh, then guess what? You're not that different. You know what I'm saying? If it's like abuse or like it's anger out of control. You ever been angry? You ever lost control? It's like, oh, yeah. But we like to look at somebody else and think we're different. But the truth is we all have the same problem. You know what I mean? And without God, there's no answer. You know? I don't know. All right. Well, that's as far as we can go for today. Yeah, that's cool. We nailed it. We nailed it. All right. We nailed it. Just the two of us hanging out. Uh, That's as far as we can go. We'll check back in with us. I hope you got a little something. Um, We didn't solve anything, but I think we got into some deep places. Love you. Made it.